Heavenly Father, we ask that you would send your Holy Spirit this morning and make your face shine upon your servants and teach us your decrees. Lord, we have given up time to come and worship you. We pray that it would indeed be time that we uh, are happy to give because ultimately all our time belongs to you. And so, Lord, we come and we ask for your help as we want this time to be profitable to us this morning by the power of your Spirit. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Well, this morning we continue our series in the book of Colossians, and we've been studying this book together, and we've seen how wonderful the Lord Jesus Christ is, that he's the image of the invisible God, and that he is the one who has saved us from our sins, that he has cancelled the written code, that we have forgiveness of sins, our debt has been removed, and then the Apostle Paul in chapter 3 has been starting to give us instructions as to how we are to live as servants of God, as ones who have been forgiven by Christ, what we are supposed to do. And we're supposed to set our minds on things above, not on earthly things, as we saw at the beginning of chapter 3. And then he's been giving us different commands as he's been working through in the way that we're meant to put to death sins and put on uh, righteousness, put on virtues, take off the vices and put on the virtues. And this morning, I want to come to verse 15 in particular and see another instruction that is given to us there as to what we are to do. What are we supposed to do according to verse 15 as people of God? Colossians chapter 3, verse 15, it says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. What are we supposed to do? What did the apostle want the church in Colossae to do as a result of the salvation that they have through Jesus Christ? Well, it's meant, and he tells them there in verse 15 that they're meant to let the peace of Christ rule in their hearts. What is this peace of Christ? What does it mean when we hear this word peace and then the word Christ after it? Well, peace, we know, often refers to a treaty at the end of a war. We think of peace treaties when we think of the subject of peace. So what does it mean that we have the peace of Christ within our hearts? Well, it's a reminder of the end of the war that we previously had with God. When we lived outside of Christ, we were at war with God. We were not some sort of neutral um, territory uh, whilst people are fighting against God and, and there are people of God and we were somehow in neutral territory. No, we were at war with God. If you're not with God, you're against God. And that's what we were. But then because of Christ, we now have peace with him. Christ took the wrath and the punishment of God that we deserve for making war with him And he paid that penalty at the cross. He got a peace treaty made for us. He paid the debt that we deserve. And that's what we've seen in chapter 1 and even in chapter 2 of Colossians. And particularly in chapter 1, verse 19, it speaks about this peace of Christ that Jesus has brought about. Look with me just a page back in Colossians chapter 1, verse 19. After speaking about the Lord Jesus and who he is as the image of the invisible God, in verse uh, verse 19, we read... For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, that is Jesus, and through him to reconcile, reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. There's that word peace again. What is the peace of Christ? Well, ultimately, it is the peace that we have with him through his blood. He has reconciled us. We were at war with God, but now we are at peace with God, and that peace is within our hearts. Now, what does it mean when he says here, let the peace of Christ then, this peace that we have with God, rule in our hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace? What is the Apostle Paul wanting us to do? 
Well, I think he wants us to reflect upon the peace that we have with Christ and use that to then be at peace with others. That is the context of the peace of Christ in verse 15. It mentions other people there. Verse 15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts since as members of one body you were called to peace. There's a focus in the verse there that the peace of Christ should help us as we seek to live at peace with others and particularly others in the body of Christ, which is believers, other Christians. We should want to be at peace with them. And this is something that is helpful for us to hear because our hearts are often unsettled And why are they unsettled? Well, it's often because of other people that our hearts are unsettled. Much of our time when we're unsettled is spent mulling over the actions of others. What someone did to me, or what someone didn't do that they should have done for me, or what someone said to me, or what someone didn't say to me that they should have said to me. And we are unsettled. We mull over what they have done and we have a grievance against them we complain about them and it doesn't even have to be sins it can be just complaints and that's what we see in verse uh, 13 of uh, of Colossians chapter 3 as well it says bear with each other and forgive whatever sins no it just says whatever grievances you may have against one another forgive as the Lord forgave you the word there is the idea it's a fairly unique word in uh, in the New Testament but it is the idea of just a complaint not necessarily a sin but just I find that person annoying or they just got in my way. It's not necessarily that they did the wrong thing, it's just that they just bug me. But Paul says, we need to let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts and we forgive people, not just for their sins, but also for the annoying things that they sometimes do to us. We often think that life would be far better without humans, other humans around. We sometimes think this about secular workplaces. It'd just be lovely if there weren't other people there, other workmates that may be there, and even customers. I used to think that when I was a sales assistant at Target, when I was working through uni, it'd it'd be so much better if there were no customers here. It'd be just a wonderful workplace to be if there weren't customers. So much of my problems seem to come from other people. And so the Apostle Paul wants to remind us that we're meant to live at peace with people. We're not to say, oh, I just can't stand people and go off and live as a hermit somewhere, as some people like to do. They realise, I get so unsettled, and it's usually because of other people, if I just have no contact with other people, everything will be okay, and I can run away and live by myself off in the bush. But we're not supposed to do that. Now, you may say, okay, hang on. But that's in the secular workplace, that's with people outside the church. But surely, inside the church, you don't have this as an issue. Surely, Christians don't get unsettled in a church. Surely, we don't rub each other up the wrong way. The answer is, sadly, yes. And we just look in the Bible and we can see that this is true as well. You look at the Israelites in the Old Testament. They're always having problems with one another. And it doesn't take long as you see them come out of Egypt. They've got divisions there in the, in the desert. They're fighting with one another in numbers. I've just been reading the book of Judges. If you want an example of the people of God fighting with one another, just read through the book of Judges, then into Kings. The kingdom actually divides into Southern Kingdom, Northern Kingdom, and they hate one another and they go to war with one another. And it can be over the most petty things. I was reading in the book of Judges this week um, in my quiet times. I'm just working my way through the Bible and I'm reading in Judges and it just comes up about how people don't like Jephthah because he didn't take them to go and conquer the Ammonites. He conquered the Ammonites and they say, you didn't take us with you, so we're really ticked off and we're going to come to war against you for fighting our enemies. 
They were left out. They felt left out, and so they want to have, pick a fight with their own brothers and sisters. What's going on? It's divisions within the people of God. And then you go into the New Testament and the Corinthian church. What's the Corinthian church famous for? It's divisions. You read 1 and 2 Corinthians. They've got all kinds of divisions going on in the church, people rubbing each other up the wrong way. And then, of course, the Colossian church. Paul knows it's ripe for disagreements going on there. Why? Because of this heresy that which we studied in chapter 2. People going on about diets and days and special religious experiences. And you can see how some people are feeling left out. And then if they realize that this is not important and you're not saved by diets and days, you're saved by Jesus Christ, they can, they can have a wrong attitude towards others in the church. It's ripe for disagreement, what's going on in the Colossian church. And so Paul comes and says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And this is for us to hear today as well. It's no different. That the church of God still has problems. Even here at Dremoyne Baptist, we can't be immune because we are sinners as well. And there are many reasons why we can complain and grumble about one another. Particularly during difficult times like this, where we're in the midst of a pandemic. There are even more reasons to complain about at the moment. Things we don't do during our services that we used to do. The, the glaring example is singing. Um, there's an example of something that we can grumble about during the pandemic. And things we are doing, like positioning everybody apart. And telling you you can't hug each other. And you're like, oh, but I'm a hugger. And I don't care about the coronavirus. But we're saying, please don't touch one another. Please. You can grumble and complain about that. There are so many more reasons than usual to get upset at Dremoyne Baptist at this time. And it's not necessarily something that is sin, per se. It's just something we want to grumble about. But then even in Dremoyne Baptist Church and with the people of God, generally speaking, people will sin against you, even in the church. They will do things that are clearly wrong against you, that God forbids. They will say things they shouldn't say to you. And they will do things that they shouldn't do to you. And they will not say things to you that they should say to you. And they will not do things that they should do for you. And what are we to do then? What does the Apostle Paul tell us? What does God tell us in his word here in Colossians chapter 3? Well, we're meant to let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts since as members of one body we were called to peace. We're meant to let the peace of Christ rule over those disagreements that we have. Now, how does that work? How does the peace of Christ, how does that peace with God, that peace treaty that we have with God, help us as we seek to deal with the problems that we have with one another? Well, the peace of Christ was all about forgiveness, wasn't it? That's what the peace of Christ is about. It's about God forgiving us so that we could be part of his family. And with, many, with Christ then, many complaints that we have about others, they should be simply dropped from our minds. We should let the peace of Christ, that forgiveness that he gave us, help us to then forgive others, to just let so many things go. That doesn't mean that you can't tell me about problems that are going on within the church. If the sound system isn't working properly in a hall, I want to know about it so that you can hear. If there's something that we can fix, we want to know about it. But there are so many things that we can't fix that you just, you just don't like. And so many of those things that you have against others... We've simply just got to let go. And particularly during a time like a pandemic, uh, where there's so many reasons why you shouldn't come to church and you, you should be unhappy about the things that are happening at church because of the pandemic, we've just got to let many of those small annoyances simply go because Christ 
has let many of our annoyances against him simply go. He has made peace with us by forgiving us of all the annoying things that we do. And that's not just annoying things if we're meant to let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. It also includes sins, things that really are wrong that people have done against you. They should also be forgiven and forgotten too. Because Jesus has forgiven and forgotten, us, uh, forgotten our sins against him. Now, that's not saying that there aren't consequences to people's sin. If someone does sin against you in some grievous way, restitution should be made, there should be repentance, there should be a reconciliation that takes place. But that's the point. There should be a reconciliation that takes place because we're meant to let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. We can't bear grudges. We can't have a bitter root against someone in church because of what they've done against us. And it may be wrong what they did, but we can't let a bitter root there because the peace of Christ is the root in our heart. That is what rules our hearts. Why shouldn't we let the peace of, uh, why should we let the peace of Christ rule? Why should we let the grudges go? Why shouldn't we reject church altogether if people are going to sin against you? Well, as I've said, it's because we have this forgiveness through God as well. And that's taught to us back in verse 13. Look with me at verse 13 of Colossians chapter 3. There's two reasons, I think, that we've got to let things go. One is given to us in verse 13. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. And then the second sentence, forgive as the Lord forgave you. There's a reason to forgive others. There's a reason. It's forgive as the Lord forgave you. As Christ has forgiven your annoying, annoying things that you've done against him, as Christ has forgiven all the sins that you've committed against him, we are then meant to forgive others as well. And the second reason why we should continue to accept people at church, continue to forgive them rather than reject them altogether, is given to us in verse 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. God has called us to peace in one body. And this is a wonderful illustration that's given in 1 Corinthians 12 as well, the body of Christ, and the hand can't say, I reject you, you've sinned against me, I'm running off. A hand doesn't do that for the body. Yes, the foot may have kicked it in some way, and so it's, it's in pain, but it lets it go because it can't go away from the rest of the body despite what the foot has done to it. And this is us as well. We're called to a team effort. We're not solo travellers in this world. We can't go off as a Christian hermit into the bush and reject everybody. We're called to live together as one body. We have to come together. And if that happens, then we're going to have to forgive one another on a semi-regular basis because we will sin against one another because we're not perfect. You may think it would be lovely to work in an empty workplace. No other work colleagues around, no customers in sight. But that's not what you're called to do in most workplaces. You're called to work in a team and you're called to work with the customers and deal with them even when they're annoying. That's what you're called to, and it's the same with the body of Christ. We're called to work as a team for God's glory together. We're not called to be isolated off on our own working for God's glory. No, he's called us to work together as a team for his glory, which means forgiving each other as we try and further his kingdom as best we're able. If you can't forgive others, then I can guarantee that you will eventually divide from the body of Christ, and you will suffer and God's kingdom will suffer as you divide off from the body. We can't let that happen. We have to be people that continue to come together and work 
for God's glory, forgiving each other so that his kingdom can be advanced. And it's an interesting picture that's actually given us here that can help us understand this in in verse 15 as to what it means to work together as a team. Because this word that's used, the verb that's used in verse 15, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart since as members of one body you are called to peace. That word rule is actually a word that's, it's an unusual Greek word, uh, not used very often in the New Testament, and it means uh, the idea of an umpire. Someone uh, who is in, uh, when you have athletes, so the Greeks, of course, knew about their athletes, they had the Olympic Games, of course, and so they would have an umpire who decides who won and who lost and who was cheating and who wasn't cheating. And that's the idea that's here in verse 15. I thought at first when I read this in English and then I looked up the Greek, I thought at first, oh, this sermon was going to be about kings ruling. But no, it's the idea of an umpire making judgments, making rules. And this is helpful for us as we seek to understand what it means for us to have the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. Because the umpire often rules many incidents that he may see in some sort of sporting match as maybe annoying, but not necessarily wrong, that rules weren't broken. I was watching with my children this week on YouTube a video of there was an Australian Olympic skater and he was coming last in the race. I don't know if you've seen this. He was coming very. He was coming last, and there were all these other skaters in front of him. And then on the final lap, one skater takes out the others, falls over, knocks out everybody, and he's last. And he comes through and gets the gold medal. Now, an umpire at that point may have a lot of people going to him and saying, "This isn't fair. They knocked me over. I was coming first until that happened, and he who was coming last suddenly ends up with gold." What's the umpire to do? It was annoying, yes, I can see your point. But no rule was broken. You've got to let it go and move on. He got the gold fair and square. You all fell over. What can I do? You've just got to let it go. And that's the case for us at church as well. There's a lot of things that are simply just non-issues, as verse 13 talks about. They're just grievances. They're just complaints that we have against one another. And we've got to just let them go. There are things at Dremoyne Baptist that I'm sure you're going to find annoying into the future, and probably a lot of them will concern me as a person that you have a lot of contact with. And you've just got to let them go. You think, like what? Well, non-essential doctrines, like the diets and days that we saw here in Colossians. They're not, they're not a big deal. Yes, they may feel like a big deal to you, a diet or a particular day, but you've just got to let it go. Methods that we use for doing certain things, you've just got to let some of them go. It may not be the way you would do it, but it's the way Joel, in his limited wisdom, thinks that this is the best way to do it, or another elder thinks is the best way to do it, or the whole membership. You think, what is wrong with these members? The majority want to do that. I don't think that's right. You've just got to let it go. Yes, it may be, oh, and the others may say sympathise with you somewhat, but you let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, just like those ice skaters probably got pretty upset. You can get pretty upset too, but you just got to let it go. It's a bit of a non-issue. Okay, I might have trodden on your toes by something I did, but doesn't Christ forgive you for all the times you've trodden on his toes? And that's when the peace of Christ ruling in your hearts comes through and you let it go. Or I didn't say what you think I should have said. I swerved left and you think I should have swerved right. 
You've got to think about all the times that Christ forgives you for the times you didn't say something when you should have. So if the peace of Christ is our umpire, we've just got to simply let a lot of annoying incidents he rules over, let him make the judgment, and we move on forgiving and forgetting. But also, if the peace of Christ is our umpire, as we are in this race together, well, then he's the one who rules on many of the acts of cheating that may go on within the church as well. The umpire is there to make a ruling, decide the punishment, and then everybody else is meant to move on. We leave it to the umpire. Whereas in some sports, it seems like it's up to the other athletes to make sure that some of the punishment is dealt out. It was really hard for me this week, I should make a comment here, about preaching this sermon and using this illustration because I'm not interested in sport whatsoever. So I had to really work hard this week to come up with sporting illustrations for you and the wonderful thing is in this day and age that there's YouTube out there and you can type stuff in and there's all kinds of things that have been video recorded uh, in, uh, from athletic events. And so I watched some of these with my kids and one of the things that we watched to try and give you a bit of an illustration here today is how... Some athletes just can't take it when the umpire makes his judgment. And what sport do we think of? Well, what sport did I think of? Ice hockey. Ice hockey. You see these hockey players where they just, you just put in fights and ice hockey into YouTube. All kinds of things. And they clearly don't think the umpires are capable of making a ruling and handing over a punishment. They've got to get in there with their fists Thankfully, they don't seem to pick up their sticks. <laughs> sticks are right there. You think that'd be the obvious thing. But they get in there with their fists and they punch and they barge and they seem to think, I've got to make sure that they are punished because I can't leave it to the umpire. We in the church, we have to recognise when someone sins against us, we have to let the peace of Christ be the umpire and rule over whatever someone has done to us. Now, that doesn't mean that there aren't consequences to people's actions. I said that before. The person has to say sorry. The person may have to make restitution. They may even face church discipline. And that's a process that goes through. But that's a process that's given by God. We can't bear a grudge against the person as an extra punishment, like punching them in the head a few times, like an ice hockey player might do. We can't do that to a repentant brother or sister. If someone is truly repentant of their actions, they say, I'm so sorry I did that against you. You have to let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts and you have to forgive and move on. You may say, but they bit me and biting's forbidden in this sport. And yes, biting is forbidden. But we have to remember that Christ has forgiven us many times for the times that we've bitten him. We're not the innocent party that we like to think all the time. He has forgiven us so many times for biting him. And that's what we then need to remember as we are bitten by others, even within the church, that we need to forgive and move on. So the peace of Christ is our umpire. Even with sins, we need to forgive and move on, not just our grievances. Why? Because we know that we forgive as the Lord forgave us. That's in verse 13, wasn't it? Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. But what was the second reason why we need to forgive others? We saw it in verse 15. 
Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart since as members of one body you were called to peace. Do you realise what you're doing when you attack other people within the church? You're actually fighting against your own team. Your own team. When we complain and don't forgive another Christian, we're attacking our own team. We're all here to promote the glory of God. That's why we're called to be part of one body, is for the glory of God. We've got a common goal. And the kingdom of darkness causes enough fights for us to have without us starting to kick and punch our own team members. I typed that into Google as well this week, um, into YouTube, find some sort of sport where people attack their own team, and I saw it in a soccer match. I don't know what went on. Someone didn't pass the ball, and he thought he should have been passed the ball, or he didn't tackle when he should have, and he punched his own team member in the head. Red card comes out, the rest of the team erupts in, oh, no, and then they almost want to punch in the head, I think, the person who punched the other person in the head, because now he's sent off, um, But that's what we're doing when we don't forgive brothers and sisters in Christ. When we are bitter towards another person in the church, do we realise what we're doing? We're kicking and punching our own team. We're meant to let the peace of Christ then rule in our hearts so that we forgive them and move on so that we can work together for the glory of God. So does the peace of Christ rule in our hearts? Do we let many complaints that arise in our head go straight through a bottomless complaints box. Just straight through. The complaint arises, the grievance comes up in your head, you go straight through, and what should it fall into? Well, the blood of Christ. Consider the pool, the ocean of Christ's blood that covers over a multitude of sins, his love, that is shown at the cross. That's what many of our complaints about others in Christ, they should just go straight through. We shouldn't even give them much time at all. Because we want to stay at peace with the person. We want the peace of Christ to be our umpire and rule and let it drop straight through. And then when it comes to sins of other people at church, what should we do with that? Well, maybe we have another complaints box. We've got one that has no bottom and it just goes straight through. Therefore, your grievances, the things that are non-issues really. But then there's the sins. They should go into a complaints box, I was thinking, that has a hinged bottom at the bottom of it. Yes, they go in. The complaint goes in. Someone has bitten you, done something daft to you really wrong, I shouldn't say daft, really wrong to you. They've sinned against you. It goes into the complaints box. You deal with the complaint as it comes in. Restitution is made. Reconciliation is made. Then the bottom is dropped out. The complaint falls through into the blood of Christ and you move on. Many grievances go straight to the blood of Christ. You don't even bring it up with the person. Non-issue. Some of the things, yes, you need to bring it up with the person. You need to resolve it. But then you can't bear a grudge once it is resolved. It goes through. You open up the bottom of the box, let it fall through into the blood of Christ because you know he's forgiven you so much. So, of course, you will let it fall through and forgive the person. And the person's on your own team. And so you want that person to work for God's glory with you into the future. Now, I must say at this point in the sermon that I'm so thankful that many of you have such a forgiving spirit at Dremoyne Baptist Church, and particularly towards me. You've adapted so well to the annoying pandemic changes, and you continue to keep coming back to church. 
even in such difficult times where there's so many reasons to stay away because of the annoying things that are going on. And you continue to bear patiently with me over not just through the pandemic, but through the last 10 plus years that I've been here. The reason I'm still here is because you're so good at forgiving my annoying ways and my many sins that I've committed against you. When I've swerved in front of you or even bitten you, you let it go for the sake of the team and for the glory of God. Now, I know what it is to be punched pretty hard by my own team, and it's not nice. And I'm sure many of you also know what it is to have a brother or sister in Christ punch you hard. But I'm thankful that most of you refrain a lot from punching and kicking against your own team members and even against me. And I try to refrain too as well. But pray for me that I don't let bitter roots swell up in my heart, that I let the complaints that come in my mind fall straight through that may rise against you at this church. Let us not stop forgiving each other. Let us keep on forgiving one another here so we can give God as much glory together as possible. But you may be saying, oh, but I can't forgive. That person, what they did to me was really wrong. I can't. Yes, you can. If, if you know the forgiveness of Jesus Christ, you can forgive. If you say, I can't forgive, who's the umpire in your life? Who's ruling? You, not Christ. Not Christ, not the peace of Christ. And that means you're not saved. Christians always forgive others because they know what it's like to have sinned against God and been forgiven themselves. If you can't forgive others then you need to reflect upon your own sin against the holy God. Don't worry about other people at first. Just reflect on your sin against God. And then come to him and find peace in the cross of Christ, in the work of Jesus Christ at the cross where he took the penalty for your sin. Reflect upon your own sin before you start reflecting on other people and how you can't forgive them. Reflect on your own sin, then go to God for forgiveness. And once you've done that, then you can, you can, by the power of the Holy Spirit, forgive brothers and sisters in Christ for whatever they do against you. And you can forgive their grievances as well, the grievances you have against another person. Do you want a peaceful heart? Do you want a peaceful heart? Let the peace of Christ reign there by forgiving others by the power of the Holy Spirit. So many of our disturbed thoughts, our unsettled minds, they can easily be overcome if we'd simply just forgive others. Let it go and move on and let the peace of Christ reign there instead. And if we do that, then we can know the joy of a settled mind and we can fight together on a glorious team for our captain, the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us come to him in prayer. Let's speak with him now. Lord Jesus, we praise you as the Prince of Peace. We see that so wonderfully in the book of Isaiah, that you are the Prince of Peace and that the war is ended. Lord, we thank you for making us peace with you by forgiving us through your work at the cross, that our sins have been paid for. Oh, Lord, we pray that you would help us to let your peace rule in our hearts as members of one body who are called to peace. 
Help us by the Holy Spirit to forgive as you forgave us and to work together for your glory. And Lord Jesus, if there is anyone here this morning who can hear the sound of my voice and they do not know the forgiveness of sins, oh Lord, we ask that you would draw them to you now by faith. And we pray this in your name. Amen.